Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the life and Torah of our leaders. Tuesday mornings, live with First Seder Bis Medrash. We haven't been together for about a month now. Um, the uh, Parnas HaChaydesh for our show for the Shiurim for this month of Chaydesh year has been sponsored anonymously. Um, it should be a schus for them and their family, for Brach and Atzlacha. And I'd like to sponsor today's shear specifically for Rafur Shleima, for my father-in-law, Doiv Tzvi Ben Sara, Rav Doiv Kreisworth, Sozan Gesundten Stark, Rashiva Yeshiva Teres Chaim in Yerushalayim, who needs a, a big Yeshua. And uh, I'd like to also welcome our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who are joining this year. And the reason, one of the reasons, besides for the schus of the Torah, I think that this year is be, it will be and is very meaningful to uh, to my shver, and that is because today we're going to talk about Rabbi Yosef Nechemia Kornitzer Zichrayne Levracha, Rabbi Yosef Nechemia, whose yard site will be tomorrow, Bay's ER. He was nifter in Tafresh Sadi Gimel, nineteen thirty three, so this is his eighty eighth yard site. Um, and every time I mention to my shver about Rabbi Yosef Nechemia, so he looks at me and he says, Inziruruv, our Rav, because my shver's father, Rabbi Chaim Kreisworth, was from Krakow, and Rabbi Yosef Nechemia was his Rav when he was growing up as a young boy. He was known as the Krakover Eloi, Rabbi Kreisworth, the Eloi of Krakow. And uh, so that's why he always gets very nispoiled when I mentioned mentioned Rabbi Yosef Nechemia. For those in our shul and who've heard some of my Torah, they will know that Rabbi Yosef Nechemia has a very special place um, in my learning. I was zoichet to be in Poland a few years ago to lead a group, and we were in Krakow, and I knew from Rabbi Shimon Seifer, and I knew his son-in-law, Rabbi Kiva Kornitzer, and then we came across Rabbi Yosef Nechemia Kornitzer's kever, which I wasn't really familiar with Rabbi Yosef Nechemia at the time. And when I came back from the trip, I started learning his Torah and seeing uh, seeing his chidushim, and somehow I, I, I got totally hooked on him, so to speak, and um, have been learning and saying over from his Torah since the last few years, constantly, um, in our shul, it's a, a constant to have chidushim for Rabbi Yosef Nechemia. So it's very meaningful for me personally, and Bez Hashem, it should be a schus for my shver as well. Who was Rabbi Yosef Nechemia? Rabbi Yosef Nechemia was born on Asara Beteves Tafresh Mem Aleph. Most of what I'm getting here is from the preface to his svarim that his children wrote. Um, and they wrote the Taldus, um, his, his Taldus there. That's where most of it is coming from. So in Tafresh Memalif, he was born in 1881. His father was the Rav of Krakow, Rabbi Kiva Kornitzer. His father's father was Rabbi Leo Kornitzer, who was a son-in-law of the Chassam Seifer. So that makes Rabbi Yosef Nechemia a great-grandson of the Chassam Seifer from his father's side. Now Rabbi Akiva... Rabbi Yosef Nechemia's father was the Rav of Krakow, as we just said, and he had taken over from his father-in-law, who was Reb Shimon Seifer, the son of the Chassam Seifer. 
So Rabbi Yosef Nechemia was a great-grandson of the Chassam Seifer through his mother's side as well. So he was a double great-grandson of the Chassam Seifer. Um, his mother was Nifter and her Kvura was the day of Rabbi Yosef Nechemia's bris. She had left over a house, eight Yus- Yusayimim, him obviously being the baby, the youngest. And the uh, elders of the city of Krakow would relate that when Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Yisav Nechemia's father returned from his wife's Levaya. He put on his Shabbos clothing and he went to his son's bris. And you couldn't even tell that he had just come from his wife's Levaya. And he got up to speak at the Suda and he said the following vart. He said that when Rachel Imenu passed away, the Pasuk says, and She was having a hard time giving birth. And the, uh, the Mialedes told her, Altiri, don't be afraid, this is also for you, for a son. And the question is, what type of comfort is that? She's dying. She says, don't worry, you're, this is, you're having another son. How is that um, a reason to comfort her that she shouldn't worry? So said Rebbe Kiva as follows, Chazal tell us that for three Averis women pass away Bishas Lidita when they're giving birth in the time of Sakana, as we all know. Nida Chala and Adlokas Haner. So he says, if a woman like Rachel Imenu is passing away during childbirth, so one may attribute it to one of these three Averis. Now Chala and Hadlokas Haner are very public things. People know if you take off Chala, you don't take off Chala. So if they're going to see that a Rachel Imenu who took off Chala and lit candles and still she passed away in birth, they might say maybe she wasn't so nizar in Nida, and that's a private thing. People don't know about it. So that's what Rachel was nervous about. What are people going to say about me? So the Mayaladis said, don't worry, Altiri, don't worry. You're having a child who's going to be from the Shifteka, from one of the Shvatim, and he can't have a child as one of the Shifteka from a mother who was not nizar in Nida, and, and died because of her Averis, Bishas Leidasa. So therefore the child is going to be the proof that no one is going to talk about you. And that's what she was telling Rachel Imenu, Altiri, you don't have to worry what people are going to say. They're going to see your child and they're going to know you were a tzaddikus. So Rabbi Kiva said the same thing as with my wife. My wife was a tzaddikus. Um, my wife was a tzaddikus, the daughter of Rabbi Shimon Seifer, a granddaughter of the Chassam Seifer. And people might wonder, Chala, Halakas Haner, everyone knows that she did. But people might think, maybe Chas V'Shalom, she wasn't Nizer? No, Kigamza Lachbein. This child that was born, Yor Eine Yisrael B'Tayrasoi Uvitzikasoi, is going to light, illuminate, Klal Yisrael with his Torah and his righteousness, B'Soifa Yechiach, in the end everyone's going to see that he was a Kadosh to Hashem. He was holy Mibetanimai from the womb, and therefore they'll see that his mother was a Tzadikas as well. This is the Vart the Rebbe Kiva said about his baby son, Rabbi Yisim Nechemya, at the bris, and it was, uh, as we'll see, it was Neskayim Devarov, that Rabbi Yisim Nechemya was Mayor Eini Yisrael. When he was a child already, he was a, a talented, and he was a, 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 a child prodigy. Unfortunately, by the time he reached, uh, before he was uh, 12 years old, um, he was just shy of his 12th birthday, his father, Rabbi Kiva, died suddenly as well, he was only 53 years old. And um, and um, this was in, in 1892. 
And uh, from there he went and he grew up, so to speak, in the house of his Rebbe. Rebbe his Rebbe was Rebbe Yehuda Greenwald, wrote the Sefer Zichron Yehuda. He was a Rav in numerous places, in a, in a place called Bonyad, and then afterwards in a place called Shuryan, and eventually a Satmer. He was known as the Satmer, Satmer Dayan, I think, or Satmer Rav, something like that. And um, so he himself didn't have any children, and he loved Rebbe Yisif Nechemia as his own son, and uh, Rabbi Yisif Nechemia was with him first in Bonyad, and then went out to Shuryan with him, and uh, he always considered him as his Rebbe Muvuk. And in fact, in the Jerushas of Rabbi Yisif Nechemia, there's a Hesbid in Tafresh Pei, um, which is 1920, that uh, he was Masbid when his Rebbe was Nifter. He calls him, Adineinu, Mareinu, Rabbeinu, Goyin Yisrael, Kedoshay, Marana, Rabbana, Loi Dumiya, Sehila, Mareinu, Rabbi Yehuda, Hareini Kaparas Mishkavai. That's usually a term used for a parent or a Rebbe Muvuk. Um, he writes, Kilaka Chaisei Alekim, Hashem Tukim, Uwalach Lemenuchais. He uh, he went to his resting place for Aisanu Azav and he left us and he left us over, and he continues and he says and there's more of an obligation on me. I was zayicha to benefit from his light for many years in Ruchnia spiritually, begashmias physically as well. mara and he said I have to cry out bitterly. Avi avi, my father, my father. Two, in two aspects, my father in Ruchnias <coughs> and my father in Gashmias. So that was his Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe Yehuda Greenwald. And throughout his Svarim, he quotes from his Rebbe Sefer, Zichron Yehuda, numerous times in Chumash and other places as well. In fact, his Rebbe, I guess, pushed him because when he was only 16 years old, his Rebbe had him speak in the big uh, shul in Shuryan. And uh, it, was a, it was a fascinating drusha that was the talk of the town for a long time in his sharpness and his bikiyas um, at all of 16 years old. Um, on the sixth day of Hanukkah, uh, slightly shy of his 20th birthday, Tafresh Samachalif, he married his rabbitson, his wife, Brindel, the daughter of a Pinchas Chaim Klein, who was the rav of a city called Salish in Hungary, he was the son of a very famous um, Hungarian rav, Rav Shmelka Salisher, was his name. And immediately after he he um, he uh, he married um, Rav Pinchas Chaim Klein's daughter, so he, Rav Pinchas gave him over the yeshiva to run. The yeshiva in Salish what had been established by Rav Shmelka, and um, his son had continued to run it as also being the Rav of the city. So he gave over the running to Rabbi Yosef Nechemia. He was young, he was only 20 years old. And yet Talmidim started flocking there, and the yeshiva had um, 300 Talmidim. And he was very busy with the yeshiva, he put all his kaychas into the yeshiva. In fact, in a tshuva, in Simon Kuf Yod Aleph, he writes to his nephew, in Tafresh Samach Zayin, um, so that's uh, like five years after his marriage, Amnon Tarud Ani he says, I'm very busy and I've been lent out to the my friends who listen to me. I teach them every single day. He says at the end, I hope that I have answered your question. If I had more time, I'm very busy, I would be able to, to, to write even longer letters. He was very busy. He was he 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 uh, he uh, was maimed many talmidim throughout his years here in the yeshiva, and he kept a strong connection with them. Um, in Simonai in Beis, he writes to his his talmid, he writes Talmid Achaviv, my beloved talmid, 
Doimetz Ba'ir, who was a Dayan in a certain city, and this Talmud of his, who was a Dayan in whatever city it was, was having a, a little spat with the Rav. And he felt, the Talmud felt that the that he's more chashev than the Rav. He doesn't have to listen to the Rav. He argued with the Rav on some things. And uh, Rabbi Yisim Nechemia really lets him have it. And he says, Tamani. Um, he says, Anchuch mascha, where's your 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 chachma? Klum shachachta mashalamata b'amdoch lufaneinu b'yeshiva. Did you forget what you learned when you were here in yeshiva? The words of the Chayvus Halavavas, who says that you should look and find something that everyone is greater than you in. Uh, that's part of Anava. And then he says, ki Who even told you you're greater than the Rav? And he goes on to be Meshabech the Rav, and. Um, he says, uh, this, this is the reason I felt that, uh, he says, I know you know this, but I feel that I have to be, to be mechiach you, I have to rebuke you, teichacha megula, an open and revealed rebuke, va'ava mesuseres, with a concealed and hidden love. And he says, I'm hoping that my words, hayoytzim and alev, that are coming out of my heart, will be yikonsul libcha, will enter into your heart. Now at the end, then, then after that he addresses the actual question they were arguing about and he shows the Talmud that he's incorrect. At the end he becomes very strong with him and he says, if you're not going to listen to me, chas v'sholem, you should know, even though you're my Talmud, lo yes I'm not going to uh, hold anything back. He says, and I'm hoping that you're not going to bring me to do such a thing. And in that shuvah, he talks about how even when the Ksav Seifer became Rav of Pressburg, you remember we talked about the Ksav Seifer a while ago, um, he was young, he was in his 20s, and yet even the Zikainim, even the elders were mechabed him, so you see it has nothing to do with age, you have to mechabed the Rav, so that's, that's the tshuva, and that's, you see, his love for his Talmidim, at the same time his need to make sure that his Talmidim acted, acted properly. Now his father-in-law wanted to also make him what he wanted to call him a Rav of the city as well. Even though the father-in-law was still the Rav, he would be called Rav Hatsoyer, the young Rav. <clears throat> and he would still be called a Rav of the city of Salish. <coughs> Excuse me. However, Rabbi Yisim Nechemia didn't want the Rabbanus, and he was happy with the yeshiva, and he didn't want Parnassah from any, from, from, from any type of, uh, of Rabbanus. And in fact, he chose to go into business um, in order to support himself. Even though he was busy with the yeshiva, he went to a business that he was hoping would take very little time and he would be able to still be involved in the yeshiva. So he, he, he uh, entered into a partnership with a friend of his from the yeshiva of Rav Greenwald um, and it was a uh, factory that made soap. And it didn't need, a, I guess it, it ran pretty much on its own. He didn't need to put in a lot of time towards it. And he was able to... Uh, to be involved in the yeshiva. However, soon afterwards, there was a big fire and burnt down the entire factory. And uh, he wasn't sure what to do. And on that day that the factory burned down, he got a letter in the mail. The postman came with a letter. And in the letter, his rabbi had sent him smicha, ksav of smicha. The Rev Greenwald, the Zichron Yehuda, sent him ksav of smicha. And not only did he send him his own ksav of smicha, Rev. Greenwald went and asked two other big gedolim to also write smicha for Rabbi Yisim Nechemia. One was the Arugas Habaisem, and one was a different gadol. And uh, this just showed up at his door the day that the factory burnt down. And Rabbi Yisim Nechemia took this as a sign in Hashemayim that now it's time to him to take on the Rabbanus. And it seems that at that point he became the Rav Hatzar of Salish. In um, Tafresh Pei Gimel, 1923, his father-in-law was Nifter, and then he became 
the actual official Rav of Salish. Now, while he was the Rav, he established a school there at Talmud Taira. Until then, the children learned by private malamdim, private teachers. He made many takanas, and he became well known. So, um, you know, we're talking about from the years um, of Tafresh Samachalif when he got married to Tafresh Pays. Pays, we're talking about in those 20 odd years, he did a lot in the city. Um, he did a lot in the city, he made a lot of takanas, and he became very famous throughout the country and throughout the region as someone who, get, who even though he was young, he would get things accomplished. And um, he has many chuvas with different gedolim um, of the time, the Rugas Abaisem, the Machs Avram, Rameir Arik, the Marash Engel, um, and um, even though he was young, he was in his 30s, maybe early 40s, and uh, you see the covet, if you look at the Chuvas, the covet that the Gedele Hadar gave to him and agreed to his Psakim, and they, were, and they, and they, and they uh, asked him his opinions when it came to Agunas. Um, so he was very, very well respected, even though he was a young Rav. Um, he became the president of the Orthodox uh, uh, Union, I guess, um, of, of a Central Orthodox Rabbanim for the Carpathian Rabbanim of the region, he became the Nasi, the head of that uh, of that body. Many different Kehilais wanted him to become a Rav. They sent him Ksav Rabbanus, Papa, Budapest, Antwerpen, Antwerp, even Frankfurt, after a Breuer was Nifter, um Shleim Zalman Breuer, he was Nifter, they, uh, they, they, they tried to get him to come to Frankfurt, and they told him, your great-grandfather, the Chassam Seifer, this is his hometown, he was born here, but he wasn't interested in going to any big cities, he was very happy in Salish, it was a small city, and he has yeshivas, yeshiva, and he didn't have as many tirdas, um, keeping him away from the yeshiva, that the, the city, because the city was small, and he wasn't interested in going to these big cities. However, in the year, um, Tafresh Pe'alif in 1921, this is really before his father-in-law was even nifter, he was still the Rav Atzoyer, in Shvat. Um, so the, the, the leaders of the city of Krakow, they came to him and they said, listen, since your father was nifter, since your father was nifter in, um, in 1892, so 1892, and this is already 1921, so it's over 30 years, we haven't had a Rav. We haven't had a Rav in Krakow. It's time for you to come and to fill your father's place and your grandfather, Rav Shimon Seifer. It's already years that the Rabbonus, the main Rabbonus of Krakow, has not been filled. And in fact, it's such an interesting thing. They actually gave him a Ksav Rabbonus that was signed by thousands of Yidin. They went around to all the different shoals, over 40 different Batik Knesias and Batik Midrashas throughout Krakow. Krakow was a big city and there was a lot of uh, different types of factions. There was, you know, Hasidish and, and, and non-Hasidish and all different types of factions. Um, in, uh, in, in Krakow, if you remember uh, when Ramir Shapiro, they wanted him as a Rav and it wasn't so simple. Um, to, to, to make Shalom over there in Krakow that everyone should be happy but here they everyone they came around and they signed every Bismedrish had signatures of the Chashuvim of those Batimidrashas and there was thousands of signatures and they fa- in fact they actually like bound it into a book as, as his Ksav Rabbanus um, to, uh, to give him um the, although he, he, he really acquiesced to it, but he kept on pushing it off. In other words, he really was ready to become the Rav, but he kept on pushing it off and, and, and saying he's going to come a little later, a little later. There was issues of um, 
of getting uh, some type of citizenship. He had to learn the, 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 the Polish language. He had to be a citizen. So that was necessary to become the official uh, um, Rav, you know, Mitzad, the, uh, the Polish government. So this back and forth and him pushing it off took close to four years. In the meantime, his father-in-law was Nifter and he became the official Rav of Salish. But finally, um, they finally came to him and they said, time is to up. And it's time now to, to come to, to Krakow. Um, he lost the son. His son was suddenly Nifter um, around that time. And that uh, may have given him the push to, uh, to go to, finally go to Krakow. So Parsha's boy of Tafresh Pehei, 19, um, 1925, was his last Shabbos in Salish. And he gave his final goodbye drasha. And on Tuesday of that week, they gathered at the train station and everyone was crying and they were he, he had been there for years already and had done so much for the city. But on the flip side, in Krakow, they were preparing a very big welcoming event for him um, that hadn't been seen in a very long time. And on Thursday, Parshas B'Shalach, Hamishi Parshas B'Shalach, they went out to greet him and they put on his head uh, a kulpik, is, uh, is like a... Uh, like a, a fur hat, not not much like a strimal. It has its own name to it. It's a little shorter, like sort of looks like a spaduk, but shorter. And it's also a lighter color. But that was the simon of the rav. That was the rav's the the the, the hats that the rabbanim wore. And it was a a semel. It was like it was representing keser keser Taira. So they put it on his hand, on his head. I'm sorry. They brought him in. Thousands were malave him. They accompanied him parades to the old Beis Akneses. And he darshaned in the old Besaknesses of Krakow. And he says, He says, I left this city as a young child 33 years ago. I was a Yosem all of 11 years old, orphans from my father and my mother. Most people, only a few people know me. He says, Babarach Hashem, Hashem has brought me back here, the true of his Imra, with song and with excitement, singing and saying, It's time now to go. And inherent to take the place of Avisenu Avisakhtoishim, your holy fathers. Mahashiv La Hashem, he says, I thank Hashem that has done so much chesed for me. And throughout the Drasha, now there's pieces of this Drasha in the in the Taldas, like I said, in the in the beginning of the Sefer, in the beginning of Parsha's Bishalach, because it was that Shabbos, it's also part of the Drasha. And there's other places they bring excerpts from the Drasha. So one of the things he said there is Pshad in the Gemara Navay Dezara. It says that the crown of Malchus Beis David, if the crown fit his head, that was a simon that he was he was fitting to be the Melech um, from the family of David. So he said, what does that mean? Because so, just because the crown fits your head makes you a king? So he says the word Halmasa doesn't mean to fit. The pasuk in Yeshaya, Hoylem Pam, which means it's heavy and it's painful. He says if the crown is something that is heavy on the person, and he feels the weight of the responsibility, that's the person that's Roy from Malchus. Someone who just wants the pomp and circumstance of being a king, that's not someone who's fit for the for the for the kingship. But somebody who understands the responsibility. Uh, that comes along with it, the heavy responsibility, so that's the person that you want to be the king. And he says, I feel that responsibility, and this is all b'schus, my father's, he says, and I realize I'm not really getting srara here, I'm not getting a high position, it's avdus kasha, this is a very tough job that I'm taking. Um... He says to, to, to go and to be involved here with this kihila, 
he says a kilo like this that um, there's only few in Klai Yisrael such unbelievable and prestigious cities like Krakow. Um, that Shabbos, Parshas B'Shalach, in the main shul, he darshaned in Inyane Halacha. It's brought in the Chuvas Simon Kufnun Hay, the Chuvas and Chedushim Simon Kufnun Hay. And since it was Parshas B'Shalach, which is the words Vechinue Sasher Yaviu, he writes there, he says, that's the Inyan Avachana. So he talked about the Gemara in Be'ah, Be'ah, and Alta B'Shabbos after Yantif, um, Legabe that Halacha of Hachana. Rabbarch Shimon Schneerson, Zechreina Levracha, the Rashiva of Chabin, says, he says that he was there at that Jrasha, he was before his Bar Mitzvah, and he was there at the Jrasha, and afterwards he says, the Kabbalah's Panim, I mean, not the Shabbos Jrasha, necessarily meant on Thursday when his first Jrasha in the city, and afterwards he went to his grandmother, Rabbarch Schneerson's grandmother, who was called the uh, Podgarj Krakow Rabbitson. I think she was an anical of the Divrechayim of of uh, of Sans, and he told her about the Kabbalah's Panim, and she was like, he said she was filled with an unnatural and unbelievable outpouring of simcha, and he asked her like, why are you so happy? And she says, I'll tell you the truth. She says, I was at his bris forty five years ago. Can you imagine his bris? His mother was just nifter left over eight yisaimim. And she says at that time, us women, there were many women who were very, you know, upset about the whole situation. They were pained about it. And they were talking about what's going to be with this kid. This kid has no hope for them. And, and even one of the women said it would have been better if he was with his mother in Gan Eden. Who's going to take care of him? And she says, I couldn't handle hearing such words. She says, it bothered me very much. Anyone should say such a thing. And Baruch Hashem, I'm zaychet to see 45 years later that that child that some wanted to write off that there's no hope now became the Rav of this city. How could I not be full of joy, she said. So that's a very interesting tidbit. Um, right away in Krakow, he, he worked on raising the standards of Torah and Yadus. He made many takonas and shechita and kashrus, erevin, mikvah, schools, moistes said He wanted to bring... Krakow back to its Tiferes, to its glory that it had in years earlier. Um, in fact, he tried to raise the the, the salaries of the um, of the Shaykhtim and the uh, and the Malamdim um, and the Dayanim in order that they shouldn't have to like uh, be busy with their Parnasa. They could do their job properly without having to work numerous jobs. And he would say, I don't need a raise. It's not for me. I'm doing it for them. Um... He brought up the level of kashrus, but he did everything with, he had a pikchus to him, even though he was a big machmer in these things, trying to bring up the level, but he did it with a, with a, with a, with, with, uh, with, with a pikchus to it. And you see this idea when it comes to an issue that came up with machine matzah, and the chuvas and simen chaf. So machine matzah was a big uh, argument, we've talked about it with other gedolim, and it seems that it became a big to-do in Krakow as well, some wanting to say that it's Usr and that it's Chametz, and he's writing to another Rav and he says, um, Chaste Hashem Azkir, I'm going to thank Hashem that my my father's in the schus of my holy fathers, they gave me the Kayach not only to be quiet, but to quiet other people also, so it shouldn't come to a And he says, 
we have to think about the future as well. We can't just declare machine matzah chametz, he says. We have to think about the future. It shouldn't come out of kilkul adiris. He says, who knows, there might be a time in the future that for whatever reason, they're going to have to be matter, machine matzah, um, especially for people, pshuteyam, he calls them, rivvais alfa Yisrael, mimichshol chametz. If we say this is chametz, there are many people, maybe regular matzah will be too expensive, and they won't want to buy it, and they say, if we can't eat machine matzah, we might as well forget the whole business. And it's not really true, it's not mamish chametz. So if we're going to say now it's chametz, it's going to be a michshol sometime in the future, he says. He says, unless, we have to have a cheaper version for people. I guess hand matzahs obviously were more expensive. He says, we have to have a, uh, have a cheaper version. And he says, the truth is, he writes, he says, how could you even tell people it's chametz? He says, they know that many people, tzaddikim, rabbanim, they ate it. So you're going to go tell the pshuteyam that these matzahs are chametz gomer? How could you say such a thing? It, it doesn't work. He says, and he writes, my kavana here is not to look for kulas. He says, that's not my way. He says, but at the same time, I can't put chumras and isurim on a city that's full of all different types of people and to close the door in front of people who have achrayas for the city because there's times you have to be matter things and times you have to aser things. And he was saying, if I now say it's aser, in the future the people who are in charge of things of the city are not going to be able to say it's mutter. And they might need to say it's mutter. So I have to be very careful if it's not a true iser, of course, and he writes there, our people and Hasidim, they're anyways not going to take this machine matzah. They're going to do what they need to do. Who, who are we talking to already? So you see clearly here as much as he raised the Ramah, but he had a pikchus to it. And he realized what he was dealing with with such a big city. And he thought about the future of what could be the ramifications of such an action. Um, his drushes, um, in, when he would darshan in the old shul, it says there thousands would come and, and fill the shul. Um, Shabbos HaGaldo, Shabbos Shuva. He would go to the Ramal Shul when he speak to the Hebra Kedisha every year on Bays of Parsha Shmois and on Lag Baimer, the Yartzad of the Ramal. He would speak in the Ramal Shul and many in the whole Sefer of Drushas, of all different Drushas that he said on all these different occasions. Um, the other five big city, uh, big shuls in Krakow, he would darshan there at least once a year. And in his Drushas, he would talk about. Um, things, um, things that were uh, they needed to hear. Um, um, for example, he would talk about tznius uh, and then uh, negiat to Pesach and other places. He talks about tznius uh, numerous times. Have to mechanach your daughters um, to wear the proper clothing. And a few times he writes, even he says we should be embarrassed. Because the Goyim are already telling their daughters, don't learn from the Jewish girls. That's how preetzistic it was. Um, he was many times to, <clears throat> to help out your, your brother, um, to help out other people, do chesed. He would say, Even when there's a sharp sword on a person's neck, he shouldn't hold himself back from rachamim which the Pasha understanding means he should still continue to daven and Hashem could bring the salvation. But the way that Rabbi Yisim Nechemi explained it, even when a person has a sharp sword on his neck, meaning that he himself is bizarre, he's in pain, he's in a, not in a very good matziv. 
still al arachamim. He should still perform acts of rachmanus and chesed, and that will be a schus to get him out of his own situation. Um, the, in numerous places, he writes about saying, you know, on Shabbos HaGaldon, Shabbos Shuvah, he says it was an old minig in Klai Yisrael, not just to say a drasha, to say a shtikl taira, a pilpul. Um, and by Shabbos Shuvah, he writes a few times that it's through the Kayach HaTaira and Limur HaTaira. And he writes in one place, there was Epsa Minig, that they would give out to the Yeshiva Sugya, the whole Aserisim Chuva, they would be busy with this Sugya, because that Taira is Peseach Shar Ladoif Gebi Chuva. And if a person can't come to Chuva on his own, so through Limur HaTaira and Pilpul HaTaira, he could come to Chuva. So he, he, he writes very clearly that this is the Minig Yisrael, that not only do you say in Yanim of both on Shabbos HaGald and Shabbos Shuvah of Jerush, but as well as a Shtikal Taira, a Pilpal, like, uh, like many Rabbanim do. He talked about the glory of the city of Krakow. Um, for example, in a Shabbos HaGald Drasha, I actually said over this Drasha the first night of Pesach. And at the end of the Drasha, he says, especially us, we live in this city, we have old shuls here. Places where G'dayli Oilam, Avais HaOilam went, the Rosh, the Ramah, the Bach, Taisiz Yantif, Megal HaMukas, Taz, Maginish Leima, Rebbe Rab Heschel. He says we have to be very careful that we shouldn't turn the Beis HaKnesses into Chulin, into to something that's not holy, Chas V'Shalom. And in a drasha for Lag Ba'imer, he writes, Lanu B'nei Irei Shal we have to be very careful, we're the city of the Ramah. And he says we're so proud of it, but we only could be proud of the Ramah is if we follow in the ways of the Ramah. And the Ramah, he says, the Ibn Chazal tell us the concept of Minig Yisrael Taira. The Minig of Yisrael's Taira, he says, Kal Shekein Minhagi Iratika, especially for sure, the Minhagim of this old city. He says, we see many times the Ramah writes in his Farim, Noyagim This is the custom in our city. He says, so it is our responsibility to make sure that these Minhagim are kept. That's the Tiferes of our city. And in fact, there's a very interesting tshuva in Simon Bays, in the tshuvas, something that we just experienced, the difference between Nusach Svar and Nusach Ashkenaz on the first day of Pesach by Musaf. So Nusach Svar, they start saying Merit Atal. So in most places, they clap before the silent Shemayn that everyone should start saying Merit Atal. <coughs> Excuse me. Nusach Ashkenaz, on the other hand, we don't say, Nusach Ashkenaz doesn't say anything. They stop Mashivaruach. So you can't make an announcement, stop Mashivaruach. So therefore, at Musaf, we still say Mashivaruach. And after the Chazin says the Tvi of Tal, at Mincha, we no longer say Mashivaruach. So he writes over there a tshuva about not announcing Merit Hatal um, before Musaf. He says, In our city, even those who daven Svard do not make a clap and announce Merit Hatal. And he says, Why? He says, because in our places, where for years, forever, they daven Ashkenaz, and they followed the Ramah, where the Ramah says that if you daven Ashkenaz, you can't announce anything, because you can't say, don't say Mashiv Aruach. So therefore, there were no announcements before Musaf. So he says, even though recently, over the last hundred years or so, slowly but surely, people started davening Nusach Hari, which is what we call Nusach Svard, he says, however, nobody had the audacity in the city of the Ramah to make an announcement before Musaf to say Merit Atal, because in the Ramah city, you don't make announcements. 
And he says, especially since it's not Ma'akev, since if you, even if you don't say Merit at all, you're Yaitse, and if you say Mashiv Faruach by Musaf, you're still Yaitse. So therefore, there's no reason for us to be over on the Minug of the Ramah. And he writes, he says, I, rem- I, I know that my grandfather of Shimon Seifer one time in a Svarz Beis Medrash in Krakow said they should announce Meir Atal, but then he said afterwards not to do it anymore. And he says, maybe it's for the reason that I'm saying. So you see how clearly, how clearly he was um, so strong with the Minhagim of the Ramah that even for the Nusach Svarz people, and it's well known that many Hasidim who go daven in the Beis HaKnesis of the Ramah, that even though they normally daven Svard, however, in the shul of the Ramah, they daven Ashkenaz. And Asrei the Ramah, in his shul, they're going to daven Ashkenaz. Um, <clears throat> there's, in fact, there's actually a drasha from Shimon Seifer, who is very strong, that you can't um, stray from the Minhagim of Ashkenaz of the Ramah. So you see this was in the family already. Chassam Seifer also was very strong about keeping Ashkenaz and not changing to Sfard or Ari. But here especially, Reb Shimon Seifer and Reb Yisif Nechemia's grandson in the city of the Ramah were, were very strong about it. The way he led his Rabbonus in Salish and in Krakow was based on a word he used to say. It says, B'chalmokam asher azkir Hashem says, wherever I mention my name, I will come and bless you. And the Mepharshim wonder, and this is the end of Parshas, Yisrael, wherever you mention my name, I will bless you. Why does it say Azkir? So basically, Nechemu would say that when a father has to rebuke and, and, and get his child to change his ways, he could do it in two ways. He could hit him. Or he could show him so much love that the child says, my father continues to show me love even though I'm not doing what he wants. And that will bring a person to tshuva. So he says that the Rabbani Shalom says, Whenever I have to mention my name, I have to wake you up. You're doing something wrong. So I have two choices. I could punish or no. I'm going to do it in the pleasant way. I'm going to continue to give you brachas, and therefore that's going to be ma'arur you to do tshuva. And that's how he felt his rabbonus has to be as well. He has to continue always being native to people, and that's how he's going to be makar of them, not so much through the strong, strong hand or, or holding a, 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 you know, a large stick, and, uh, and, 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 and with strength, but through love, that's how he led his... Um, Kehila. And in fact, in this last last week's Parsha, Parsha Shmini, Rashi says that Moshe brought Ara and they went into the oil Mayed. Rashi said to teach him the Maisa Ketiris. So he explains to Yosef Nechemiah that the Kehanim are leaders of Klai Yisrael. They have to learn from the Ketiris. Just like in the Ketiris, there's something bad smelling. The Chelbana smells bad. And still it's part of the Ketiris. So he wanted to teach him, if you're going to be a leader of Klai Yisrael, you can never give up on anyone. And you can't say, he's not going to be Matzliach, to be an Oivet Hashem, and we'll give up on him. Ad Rabbi, you have to bring him close, give him more Ava. And that's what he told him when he, he brought Aaron in, to teach him the lesson of the Ketiris. And then when he went out, Aaron blessed the nation. And how does how do Kehanim bless Klai Yisrael? Ba'ava. With Ava for every person. He says that's why the bracha is Levarakzama Yisrael Ba'ava. Because that's the lesson of the leaders of Klai Yisrael to be Makar of everyone Ba'ava. <coughs> Excuse me. When he reached the age of fifty, he started having heart issues and he had a lot of pain from that. But he continued his work in the Kehillah. 
On Shvi Shal Pesach, Tafresh Sadi Gimel, 1933. And I said this, over at the Yizkar Jerash on the last day of Yantif. The Chashuvim of the city came to his house, Lekabel Pnei Rabbam, and he darshaned binyanu di yoyma. We say in the Haggadah, V'ever alayich v'erech mispeseses b'damayich. Hashem says, I'll pass by and I'll pass over you and I will see you wallowing in your blood. V'aymerlach b'damayich hayi. So he says, there were times that the hatred of Klai Yisrael was a hatred of the Torah. And that's why they hounded us and they persecuted us. But in Mitzrayim, Klai Yisrael was on the 49th level of Tumah. And they still hated Klai Yisrael. What they hate them for? So he says, you know why they hated them? Because in their veins were flow, was flowing the blood of Avram Yitzchak v'Yakov. They hated them for who they were. The blood flowing through their veins. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, At Eirem Varya, you're naked. You don't have any mitzvahs. Not only that, you're naked in the literal sense of the word. You're begilui sebaser visar. You're not dressed sneas. Your hair is open. Your, your flesh is, is, is revealed. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, So I look at you, and what chusim do you have? But still I see, I see that you're wallowing in your blood. I see that the tzoros are your havi, you're having is because of damayich, of what the blood that's flowing through your veins are. The Yiddish blood of the dam of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. And because of that, I tell you, because of that tzchus, you're going to live. 1933 was the beginnings of trouble in Europe. No one knew what was going to happen. And he said, the Rishayim of nowadays, Darshay Damim, they're looking, seeking out blood. He says, they think they're looking for the pure Aryan blood. What's real pure blood? He says, but the Navi tells, tells these types of Rishayim, Even if they're only Anovim Mina Mitzvahs, they're Aniyah Mina Mitzvahs, they don't have much and they're crying out. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is the Deirish Domim Amiti, he's the true one looking for the true blood, the blood of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. He's going to remember Kla Yisrael, who were killed and were slaughtered Al Kiddush Hashem for no other reason than that blood that was flowing through their veins. And the, 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 these words shook up all the people who were there. And as we know, not long, 1933, so another. Poland was, six, six, seven years later, was the Mocham in Poland, and how many Yidin were killed al Kiddush Hashem, ki deirish damim oisam zochar, loishachach tzakas anovim, Hashem will punish those. The true deirish damim Hashem will punish those that were deirish damim. This was a week and a half before his Petira, on Thursday, um, Aleph Eor, which is really today, um, he had a heart attack, and um, Thursday night, Bay's ER, middle of the night after Chatzais, he called his family over to him and he whispered, he says, Bonim Ahuvim, my beloved children, Hashem Yisbarach Layitesh Eschem, Hashem's never going to forsake you. And soon after that, he was Nifter and he was buried Erev Shabbos Acher Chatzais in the new cemetery of, of, of Krakow. Like I said, Reb Shimon Seifer is there, his grandfather. Right next to Reb Shimon is Reb Akiva Kornitzer. Um, the son-in-law of Reb Shimon, both the Rabbanim of Krakow, and a little bit of a different area is where Reb Yosef Nechemia is buried. And next to him is his son Reb Shmelka, who was killed by the Nazis early on in, in uh, 1940 or something like that, and was actually was 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 cremated in Auschwitz 
Um, Auschwitz was not a, a death camp at that time, so they actually cremated him, and they uh, they, they and they um, and they sent his ashes back to the kihilas like a shtach. Rabbi Shmelka was the rav after Rabbi Yosef Nechemia, and they sent his ashes back, and his ashes are actually buried right next to his father in uh, in the cemetery in Krakow. So Zchusam Yogin Aleinu Valko Yisrael. Um, again, tomorrow Beis Iyar is his yard site. It should be a a, a for Klai Yisrael. Call to everyone.